so crazy. I haven't talked to you in so long. I know. We were just talking about this, but when I was in Europe, I was seven hours ahead, which was pretty tough, but like still manageable, obviously. And ever since I left there, like the Maldives, I was three hours ahead, three more hours ahead. Now I'm in Australia, so I'm 13 hours ahead. So it's crazy because I'm currently like in Tuesday morning and you're in Monday night. Yeah, Monday night. It's so weird. I'm very ready for you to get home and be in (laughs) at least an American time zone because it's really, really hard to make a podcast with someone who lives on the complete opposite side of the world and is in a different day than you. Yeah. I'm currently in Sydney, Australia, and I'm here for like four or five days. We got to Australia about a week ago. And in two days, I'm leaving to go to Hawaii. So at least when I'm in Hawaii, I will be six hours behind you. So it'll be more reasonable. And I I don't know, after like living in all the places I've been, I way prefer to be behind than ahead. I hate being ahead. Yeah. The time zones are tricky to say the least, but why don't you catch us up on where you are? Because I don't even know where you are. So I'm sure our listeners can't keep track either. So fill us in. Yeah, so our last episode with Herbie, I recorded in the Maldives, so I was there with Kynan for a little over a week. That was awesome, and I just love that episode too. Um, And then from there, we went to – we flew from the Maldives to Singapore, where I realized that Kynan and I were not on the same flight from Singapore to Australia, so I had to spend the night in the Singapore airport. That was a journey. And then I flew to Western Australia to a place called Perth, and I was there for like a day. And then we went to Byron Bay, which is on the coast of Australia. And we were there for four or five days. And now we're in Sydney. And so basically the reason I'm in Australia anyways is because Kynan is doing a seminar tour through Australia. So it's basically where he goes to different jujitsu academies and gyms around and he teaches. And it's really fun because he only teaches like one day out of wherever we are. He taught last night. And then the rest of the time we can like run around and see everything. So yeah, it's my it's both of our first time to be in Australia. So it's been really fun. And then I was looking at flights home because I obviously want to come back to Mississippi. We're celebrating dad's birthday um, soon. And I want to be back at least catch a couple of football games. And I was looking at flights, but the flights directly from Australia to Memphis were literally, I'm not even kidding y'all, like $1,800 for a one-way. So I looked at flights to Hawaii And they were like literally $350 from Australia to Hawaii. And it's a direct like eight-hour flight. So I'm going to fly to Hawaii for like two weeks, spend Halloween there, and then hop over to California. I'm trying to decide where to move right now. So I'm going to go like check a couple things out, see Kynan, and then fly home to Oxford on November 8th. So that's kind of my whole itinerary. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Lots to unpack there. Um, going back though, I've gotten so many compliments on Herbie's episode. People have loved it. Yeah, that was a really fun episode. I I love like our guests and it's really fun to meet new people, but it's really fun to talk to someone that you already know because it's like mm-hmm. just kind of like talking to a friend, I guess. I love that episode. Yeah, I agree with that though. Like it's just it's fun to talk with someone that you know really well. And I think he had some really great advice about football season, which is very applicable, I think. Yeah. Well, since I haven't talked to you in a while, tell me what you've been doing. 
I literally have not talked to anyone. Like I talked to mom and dad yesterday on the phone and I felt like I like was like, do I still have parents? Like, hello, where's my family? I know. Oh, the time zone is crazy. Like bird is like really tough. Over 12 hours ahead of me right now. It's tough. I know. I don't think I could live in Australia or like anywhere further than even Europe, honestly, because of the time. Like it's so hard to feel connected. That's one thing. And it like kind of makes you more homesick. I feel like then when I was in Hawaii and I was behind. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, are you homesick? I like always start to feel, I think after like you know, three or four months of being away. And then I obviously like always see you in the middle every time I've lived far away. But like after that, like, I think in the beginning of October, I always start to get a little bit homesick. I was even in the Maldives, like most beautiful place in the entire world I've ever been. And I was sitting there like, damn, I'm like a little homesick. I want to be home. And I think it's just because like after a certain period of time of like not seeing your family, you start to kind of crave like wanting to be home and just like how much traveling I've been doing lately. I've just been like all over and I think we've talked about it, but I just feel like a little bit more rested now after like taking that like vacation and really not doing anything. But I think by the time I get home, I'm going to be like super ready to be home because it's just a lot of traveling. Traveling traveling is hard. Like I remember last summer when I was traveling literally for three months straight filming for the home edit show it's exhausting. Like just like being out of your routine and it's tough. Um, It doesn't really matter where you are. Like I feel like you hit a point where it's like, you know what, I need to be home. I need to be settled. You know, some people I guess don't crave that, but I feel like the majority of people do. Definitely. What's been your favorite part of Australia? I know you said you've been to like three different places. Well, we haven't really gotten to explore Sydney quite yet, but um, Alden, who we had on our podcast, she's on Instagram, Ace at the Beach. A lot of y'all probably know her. She sent me like the longest, most detailed list of like things to do. So I'm really appreciative that she sent over, sent me that. Um, really helpful. She basically sent me a whole like itinerary. It was very like alley like, and I'm just like obsessed with her. So I'm really glad she sent that. that. And we got here yesterday, like afternoon, and then kind of taught last night. So we really didn't do anything except for eat dinner um in Sydney but I'm really excited to explore Sydney Byron Bay was like very beach town surfer vibes so we stayed with this really cool um couple who owned the academy in Byron Bay the jiu-jitsu academy and um one day they took us out to the lake I mean there's a huge ocean but we went to this little lake and we did this thing called flyboarding and it's really funny because I haven't really been able to document like a lot of stuff we've been doing. I feel like my Instagram game has honestly been weak because a lot of things we've been doing have been like just so fun that I haven't really had like my phone out. But we did this thing called flyboarding and it's basically like, have you ever seen those surfboards that are, that are called foils where people jump up and down and kind of like ride on top of the water? Is that what they were doing in Lake Como? Yes. Where they bounce up and down. Yeah. 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 So they have these things called flyboards that are like one step above that. It's like electric and you have a thing in your hand and the surfboard comes above the water and you fly on top of the water. And it's crazy. And um, it's just so cool. We did that in Byron Bay and it was a really cool experience. And yeah, just being in Australia, it's like honestly feels like being in the United States, but everyone has cool accents and it (laughs) does feel very like normal and homey here. So I've enjoyed that part of it. I'm really excited to see Sydney, though, and I'm excited to follow Alden's itinerary for our next couple days. Yeah. 
Guys, the universe is just not on our side to make this podcast happen easily because everything is getting in the way. We've had to restart recording, um, what is this, six times now? Yeah, and I was missing my charger, then I was missing a piece to connect my microphone. It's just, you know, but and we're the doing birds the most to kept get this going out. out. Yeah, yeah, we're determined. <laughs> um, the time zones, like, ugh, whatever. Anyway. But yeah, it's kind of just what we've been doing. I've had a lot of highs and a lot of fun stuff, but what have you been up to? What have you had going on? Yeah, I feel like I don't even know the last time I talked to you. Um, It's been a really fun, busy couple of weeks. Last weekend, it was Oktoberfest here in Nashville. Basically, my neighborhood shuts down and it's like this big Oktoberfest, beer fest. Um, It's a lot of fun, just like very cozy fall vibes. So I did that. And then mom was in town for a little bit. So that was fun. We got to go do Cheekwood. It's a beautiful garden here in Nashville. They go all out with the fall deco. They have pumpkin houses. It's really fun. So we did that. And then um, work has been insane. Just we're doing so many things right now, like working on new books. And we just launched a podcast with the Home Edit. So just a lot happening there. So just really trying to make sure that I'm protecting my peace and mental health and just, you know, taking extra time for self-care. And then this past weekend, Herbie and I actually took a long weekend. We drove down to Oxford Thursday morning and um, we went to the Auburn game. It was really fun just to be with mom and dad and be in Oxford. And we hadn't been back to Oxford together for a football game um, since we started dating again. So that was really fun to get to be with him there. And just see people and just enjoy, you know, football season. And um, yeah, it was it was a really fun weekend. Yeah, it's really fun. I think that I get the most like FOMO homesickness when everyone's home and it's football game. So you guys know that I'm like big football fan and I just hate when I miss that. So at least I'm going to get to be home for the Bama game because that's like a huge, huge game. Yeah. And we're all going to be there again. You and Herbie are going to be there, right? Yeah, we're going to yeah. come back to that game. But I have a really funny story about mom from this past weekend. Why? So, you know, mom always has a treat for us or a happy whenever we come home. So Herbie and I pull in and she has these like cute little gifts set up for us on the dining room table. And they're matching Halloween pajamas because mom has to have matching pajamas for every holiday. Mom was so excited about these gifts, like had been texting me about them, like was really excited about them. And so I opened mine up and it says mummy, just like M-U-M-M-Y across the chest, Halloween print. I was like, oh, cute, like mummy. I guess they're like different Halloween (laughs) characters. Um, And so then Herbie opens his and it says dadcula. (laughs) And I'm like, mummy and dadcula. I'm like, mom, these are mom and dad pajamas. (laughs) She (laughs) had no idea, like no clue, no clue. Oh, my God. So Herbie and I now have matching mom and dad pajamas. And y'all, it's actually crazy because the night before, like, I woke up and saw this on Allie's Allie's Instagram story. I woke up and I had the most vivid dream that Allie had had a child, had a baby, and she'd had it for 14 weeks. It was so vivid. I can even remember these small details. And I got home from this travel and they were like, okay, we need to meet someone like this is your niece and I was like what the fuck and they're like she's 14 weeks old and I was like what and they're like we just didn't want to tell you when you were gone and you were gonna miss it because you've been so out of touch 
Yeah. And so then I wake up the next morning and on Allie's Instagram story, it says, mom got us mom and dad pajamas without knowing. And I was like, but then oh you God. told me that. So I went home. I still see all of my doctors in Oxford. I have yet to like have adult doctors outside of my hometown. And I had to go to the gyno and I'm sitting at the gyno for my like annual checkup or whatever. And Bird messages me that. I'm like, oh my God, like why is the universe like <laughs> willing this to happen? Like, no, I, I refuse. I do not accept this. I do not claim this energy. No, do not claim uh, this. But it was just funny because I feel like that's usually like a surprise, you know, like it's roles reverse surprise, except like mom was surprising us with being parents. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no. it's like you, it's like you gave, yeah, you see that on TikTok. That's funny. Well, do you have no. a high and low from your last week? Um, okay, so high for me, I think, was honestly just being in Oxford. Like, there's just something special about being there during football season in the fall. It's really fun. Um, just the energy kind of takes you back a little. So that was a high for me. Also, just like I know I talk about this, but like fall is my favorite time of year. So just all the fall vibes that are going on right now just – between my neighborhood. Oh my gosh, you should see my house. I have gone all out for Halloween. I'm not like typically a Halloween house decorator, but I have orange lights. I have spider webs. I have spiders on my house. I really just like went went for it. Yeah. That's one thing I'm sad about is because like traveling and being like not in, I think the United States is like probably the majority of where people really like love and care about Halloween. And then in Australia, they're like going into summer right now. So they don't even have a fall. So I haven't gotten like any of my fix of like fall decor or Halloween decorations. I did see a house yesterday with like skeletons on the window and I like pressed my face against the glass of the car to like look at it longer. But hopefully in Hawaii, I can get like my little fix. Like we can go to the pumpkin patch and I'll see more stuff. Yeah. So that's been an all around high for me lately. And then I think a low for me this past week, my company decided to switch from Gmail to Outlook. And if you've been in the working world, then you know how terrible that is. It's just such a low blow and basically shakes up your entire world. So I've been working through that, still not loving it, but navigating it a little bit better. (laughs) But it's definitely presented some challenges, especially because, like I said, I think that we're in the busiest season of the home edit that we've ever been in since I started working here. So like to throw that little hiccup in the middle of that, just not cool. Yeah. Damn. That's tough. I would say my high and low. Let me think. I think my high would just be like being in Australia for the first time and like experiencing that. And I honestly just love everyone's accent so much. Like I just love talking to every single person I can talk to. Like I'm just like, hi, hi, hi. I love hearing them talk. And I love their vocabulary too. Like just through traveling, I've learned so many like cute little words. People say that I wish we said like when they say like they're, they're keen, they're like, oh yeah, I would be keen for dinner tomorrow. Like oh, I love that. Yeah, I just love that. And then um, I think my low honestly would just be like traveling and I have so many bags, y'all. Like I have my entire Italy apartment with me basically. I have two like <laughs> huge, large as hell bags and – Huge backpack. It's just so much stuff. I'm ready just like to lighten my load. So I think just traveling around and having so much stuff is kind of a low for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's exhausting just like dragging around stuff. (laughs) Yeah. I know. It's just like so much. But 
that's probably my high and low. It's kind of general, but um, I do miss the fall vibes and I am excited to kind of experience that a little bit when I get home, thankfully. So yeah, well, very ready to welcome you back. We missed you this past weekend. But I want to introduce a new segment. I think it would be fun if we talked a little bit about some things we're loving and then some things that we could leave behind. What do you think? So can it be like anything, like small yeah, it things? it could be anything. Like very like random love it. things? Yeah, totally. Love it. Leave it. Okay. Totally open to whatever comes to mind. I'll start. How's that? Okay. Let me th- I'll think while you start. Okay. I actually have multiple. So – Okay. A couple of things I'm loving right now. Um, <laughs> I've been loving cappuccinos since I got back from Italy and I bought a milk yes. frother and I've been frothing my milk every time I have coffee and it's just so special and it makes me think I'm in Italy and I love it so much. I'm actually drinking a cup right now. Yes. Love a cappuccino. And then I'm also really loving not drinking alcohol. Yeah, have you, so you're still going strong on your 30 days? Well, I, I hit my 30 days, and then I had a glass of red wine in Oxford with our friend Lee, and then I had like half of a White Claw in the Grove before I threw it away because it just like was gross and I wasn't into it. But other than that, I just drank like the Joyous Champagne and the Shirley Rosé, and like I honestly love it. Like it's just so nice to wake up and not feel like shit and – just yeah. be like totally clear. Yeah. So yeah. And honestly, like it really has made me think about when I'm drinking, like, you know, and I'm sitting here with friends, like why, why do I have this glass of wine? Like, do I just like want it or do I want it because everyone else is drinking and it just makes me feel comfortable or, you know what I mean? Like, it's just really, it's been good to reset and like consider. Yeah, definitely. What are some things that you're not loving? Um, okay, so last thing I'm loving, one more thing, and then I'm done. So I launched a newsletter for Primp called Primp Picks. I'm sending it out three times a week. I've seen this. And I really like doing it. Like I love putting together a newsletter. And it's really short, like quick hitter. It's all – it's focused on like what's happening in the beauty world. So like five top headlines from beauty news. And then I usually do like thing from TikTok or something on Instagram – And then I do a product pick that I'm loving currently, and that's it. And it's just really fun to put together, and people have really been liking it. Wow. I love that. I've seen it, and I really like it. So that's something that I've also been loving. I guess you can add that to my my list. Yeah. Go ahead. What's on your love it list? Wait, but what do you not not love? Oh, yeah. Okay, leave it. Um, I'm going to leave – I'm going to leave the obsession with the – serial killer shows right now. I'm leaving that behind. (laughs) Everyone is talking about it and I don't like it. I don't want to hear about it. And it just leads me to a dark Wikipedia hole, which makes me very scared at night when I'm sleeping. And (laughs) I'm over it. I'm very over it. We need to move on. Yeah, I agree. I do not like that stuff at all. We kind of watched this. We watched this like movie. It wasn't even a scary movie, like per se. I don't even think it would fall in like the horror category. But there was this like one character that was super scary to me. It was kind of like a feral man. And I've I've thought about it every single day since we watched it. It scared me so bad that I had so much anxiety that night and went to sleep that kind of had to scratch my back for a whole hour because my (laughs) heart rate was so high. And I was just like, I hate like anything like that isn't happy or like 
comical movies. Like, I just don't like anything suspenseful, honestly, at this point. Well, and these serial killer shows, like, it's about things that happen, which is, like, so fucked, you know? And then, like, Kirby and I are laying there, you know, it was, like, at night, and he decides to tell me the whole Jeffrey Dahmer, like, saga. And then I'm just like, when so did that to me? When when told me right. about that on the phone, and I didn't even want to like hear. You about don't it. even ask for it. Like they just yeah. bring it on you. Like, Let me tell you about this yeah. serial killer. You're like, get out of here. Yeah, definitely. Well, I guess to go off of that, some things that I've been loving right now. Um, I've really been loving sleep. Which, if you guys know Ooh. me, that's not really typical to me. Like I'm usually a very early riser. I like to wake up and go. However, my travel companion that I've been with for the last month, um, Kainan Duarte. He is the world's like biggest sleeper ever. He literally, at the, in the Maldives, it was kind of like his vacation after his last tournament that he fought in that was a huge deal. And so he would sleep and I would just let him sleep. This man would sleep every day until like 2 or 3 p.m. P.m. Oh and I would wake up. I would wake what up at like- you for that amount of time? Well, luckily, our room in the Maldives had, like, a whole, like, pool and, like, ocean access. Like, we were in one of those floating over-the-water rooms, which was incredible. So I would wake up around 11 or 12, which is still very late for me all, like, very, very late. Wow. And I would go lay out for, like, two hours because he isn't a huge, like, layer-outer. He likes to, like, you know, swim and do that kind of thing. So I'd lay out for the first two hours get super crispy and then he'd wake up and we would eat and then like go do like something else. So it actually was a beautiful system, but I can't believe you slept until 11. Like I slept until seven 30 on Saturday and Herbie had to wake me up and I was so shook. Yeah. Lately we've been going to sleep at like 10 30 or 11 PM and I've been waking up at like nine or 10 or 11. And so I've been sleeping a lot and it's so nice. So I've never considered myself like a late sleeper, but I wish I was. And I don't know. Maybe it's just like being around his like sleepy energy, like his sleep energy is rubbing off on mine and I'm just becoming like yeah. more of a sleeper. I don't know. So I've really been loving like waking up and having eight plus hours of sleep. I think it's awesome. And I've really been loving going to bed early. So I think I'm going to start implementing that in like my more day-to-day routine. Um, something else I've really been loving is like smoothies. I've become really into smoothies lately and like fresh juices because I think when you travel, it's just you feel like you don't really have a lot of good things in your body because you're kind of like just feeling all over the place. So really been loving the smoothies, especially in Australia. And I guess a couple of things that I haven't been loving. Honestly, lately, I have not been loving Be Real. And I know that's like really a hot take. Yeah, I know it's a hot take. But like, I don't know if it's just because I do so much social media in my life and like day to day routine that when I get my B reel, I'm just kind of like, ugh. Like, I was super into it when I first got it. I might get back into it. I don't want you guys to see me like doing B reel and be like, she did said she didn't like it. But just lately, like, I don't think I posted a B reel in the last like week and a half. Cause, and also, it goes off the craziest times now because I'm in Australia. So, like, last night it went off at 2 55 a.m. So I keep missing them, anyways. I, I love B reel. I really like it. Yeah, I know. And I really enjoyed it when I was into it. But like, lately, I just haven't really. I don't know. I've kind of had a creative like dip anyways on like all aspects of social media. So maybe that's why I just haven't really felt it. Um, And then, yeah, I think that's probably the only thing I can really think of. But I like this segment and hopefully next week I'll have more time to think about it because I feel like there's a lot of things throughout my day to day life that I'm like, ugh, don't love. There are always things that I want to share with you and I guess everyone that I'm loving. So this will make me think about them. 
Yeah. Is there anything coming up that you're excited about? Ooh, I'm really excited, y'all. Dad is coming to town this weekend. I'm surprising him with a really fun surprise. I can't say what it is yet because I don't want him yeah, to listen about to this. To say. <laughs> but it's a big, a big present for his 50th, and I'm excited about it. He's flying here yeah. on Saturday morning, has no idea what it is, but I think he's really gonna love it. Oh, that's like so fun. I know what it is, and I know he's gonna literally love it so much. That's a really great gift. And I think it will honestly be hard for me to top that gift, honestly. So <laughs> that's great. I know I really um suck the bar high for you and win. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I know. So I think something I'm excited about, honestly, is just like going to Hawaii. I feel like I feel my best there and I like love the person I am there and the energy, my, all my friends there. And I think just like, I was literally thinking about like reuniting with my friends at the airport when they picked me up. And I literally had like, I was crying thinking about it because I'm just like so excited to be back and I'm going to be there for like two and a half weeks. So it's like a good bit yeah. of time to do all my favorite things. And well, a lot of your friends have moved on, right? You still have, but you still have a couple that are there. There's like right now, I mean, I feel like my Hawaii friend group, they're, they kind of bounce all over because we're very like free spirited like that. And right now there's like eight of them there at the moment. So it's like a huge group of them there. And I think I've just had like FOMO and like seeing all their stuff. So I'm really excited to like go back. And that's a good thing about moving and like living in different places that you always kind of have a little like community in different places that you can always yeah. go back and see. So that's something I'm really excited that's about. That's the thing about FOMO. Like it doesn't matter where you are. Like you can be in the most beautiful place in the world. But like if you see your friends doing something or the people that you want to be with, like you're always going to want to be somewhere else. Yeah. I think that I like have always been a big FOMOer. Like I've always struggled because I want to be everywhere. I think the older I've gotten, maybe my FOMO has lightened or lessened a little bit. But yeah. I definitely, definitely get FOMO. I know. Speaking of traveling, though, I really am excited because we're going to finally record our Italy recap this week. Yeah. Praise. Yeah. I'm excited to reminisce on that trip and talk about it with you and share all of our picks and recommendations. I've had so many people reach out since coming back and um, actually had a friend who's already gone and come back and she took a lot of our places that we that I recommended and she said they had the best time. So really happy to help. Yeah, I'm excited. And I just edited our um, like Italian countryside vlog because I've had like just terrible Wi-Fi for the last like three weeks. So I posted that and I felt like I was like back in it a little bit when I, know, I was, was so editing it and watching it through. So yeah, I'm excited for that as well. So since Bird is on the opposite side of the globe right now, I took this interview solo and I was so excited to do it because I got to talk to Mimi Bouchard. She is the founder of the Superhuman app. Um, it's a meditation app, and it's honestly unlike any other meditation app. Her meditations are incredible. She focuses a lot on visualization and really feeling um, the type of person that you want to become. And she, like, her meditations aren't long. 10 minutes or less sometimes. And she has different categories for, you know, meditating when you're sitting or if you're walking or if you're cooking or getting ready. Um, so you can really listen to them all day long. And it's just like such a great way to set the tone for your day or if you need a quick little reset or right before you go to bed. Um, but I've been following Mimi for a while. She started out on a reality TV show and then she kind of transitioned to health and wellness world um, as she was going along on her own personal health journey. And she launched um, 
the Mimi method first and that was she did workout videos and meditations and I started following her then. That was a long time ago and just have kept up with her and I just like love listening to her story. I think she's so inspirational. She has a podcast as well, which I've been a long time listener of. So I was really, really excited to get to talk with her for today's episode. I, as always, am very excited to listen. I hate when I miss out on the episodes, but it's honestly a little fun for me because I feel like I just get to listen along with all of you guys. And yeah, I'm really excited to hear everything that you and Mimi talk about today. Yeah. And I'm really sorry, guys. The audio is choppy, which is a bummer, but we actually were recording on a different platform than what we normally use. So had some technical difficulties, but power through because we talk about some really great things. We talk about body image, entrepreneurship. We talk about meditation um, and the importance of visualization and really just embodying the feelings that you want to feel. So stick with it. I hope you enjoy it. so excited to talk with you. You've been a huge expander for me. I listen to your meditations. Um, so this is just a huge honor. So thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Allie, for having me. I'm super excited to be on. Tell our listeners a little bit about your journey from being on reality TV to becoming one of the key players in the self-improvement and wellness industry. Well, thank you for calling me a key player in this industry. That's really um, the goal is to create, you know, something that's never been done before. So yeah, just a bit about my story. Um, It feels like so long ago, even saying this, but you know, when I was 18 years old, I left Canada and I moved to London and I had a big dream of creating an online magazine. And um, when I got to London, I didn't have much money. So I was working four or five odd jobs and, um, you know, was really just trying to make ends meet and make my business happen. And, uh, I randomly stumbled on a TV show because my, my visa was expiring for London. And, um, I met this agent woman and I asked her, you know, how do I become a TV presenter? I want to get sponsored to stay here. And I want to get into uh, TV presenting because my big dream back in the day was to have my own talk show. And, um, you know, long story short, uh, it wasn't really an opportunity that would give me a visa right away, but she kind of, you know, told me, oh, there's another show. And if you wanted to do this show, it's more of a reality show, but you know, it's pretty easy to get on the show and they would give you a visa and sponsor you right away. And I would represent you, um, if you wanted to go on that show. So I was kind of, um, it was a no brainer for me. I never saw myself doing a show like that. And I was very, very naive when I first started it. Um, this was like six, seven years ago. I went on. Yeah. You know, I, I did it and I kind of just did whatever they wanted me to. And I was very naive and, um, it was definitely an experience and I was on there for a couple years. And then five years ago, I decided, um, you know, I was established enough to leave and I didn't, you know, necessarily need their visa anymore. So I decided just to continue as an entrepreneur and try many other avenues. And uh, ultimately now, five years later, I've figured out, you know, the the business that felt right for me. And uh, that is meditation app, superhuman, which, you know, and use and, um, Yeah, it's been a crazy journey. You know, there's so many uh, things that happened in between uh, both of those events. And ultimately, I really just uh, took advantage of every opportunity I had to get to where I wanted to be. And I'm grateful that I had those experiences in London. Um, But I'm also, you know, if I could go back and do it differently, I might have. But, you know, ultimately, you can't think that way. So it was definitely an experience. I grew up very quickly in my early 20s. 
for many reasons. And now, you know, I live in the Bahamas, I'm 26, and I feel like I have an awesome established career and things are just starting to feel like they're settling down. So it's definitely been a journey and it was not linear. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about how you found the health and wellness space. Well, it kind of just came naturally to me when I was going through a harder time. Um, In my later teens, I wasn't feeling very healthy. I was partying a lot. I was very unaligned with the Mimi that I knew that I was deep down. And um, I think it probably started as more of a toxic obsession with food and dieting and, you know, being trying to be perfect and trying to lose weight. And um, it wasn't a very healthy relationship at the beginning. And I've really transformed that relationship with with food in my body into a beautiful one. So again, one of those things, it's just, there's such a big, um, you know, long story behind it, but I guess I was first introduced to the healthy part of health, health and wellness, um, you know, through books and, and the people I was hanging around at the time, it was really just starting to become something that I naturally gravitated towards. It was, um, you know, kind of like magnetized towards me wanting to be in this space. I liked to feel good. And I, I saw that when I felt good, life was better. And it's really that simple. It feels really good to feel good and to be in your element and to feel healthy and clear-minded. So I just kind of went uh, down that road. And um, ultimately now I, I love healthy food, but I will say it's, it's less of a, um, thing for me. I'm, I'm much more of an intuitive, intuitive eater now. And if I feel like eating something, even though it's not perfectly gluten-free and vegan and healthy, I really don't, re- I don't care anymore. You know, like I've, I think I've come to a point with my body and uh, my relationship with myself where I'm just incredibly intuitive. And for me, health is a lot more about mindset and how I speak to myself. And I weirdly used to think I had had gluten intolerances, you know, dairy intolerances. I used to think that I was in, I'd get really puffy and inflamed if I had carbs. Um, and that would happen back then because I believed it. And now I've realized the power of the mind so much that for lunch, I had like a breakfast burrito and I'm like feeling totally great. And in the past that would have been like a, you know, really triggering thing for me. So I'm, I'm so proud of how far I've come with food and body image issues. And, um, you know, really the intuitive eating aspect has been massive for me and it's helped me get to that next level of wellness that I didn't even realize had nothing to do with food itself. Yeah, totally. I love how open you've been about your journey with, um, you know, with food and body image. So I know so many people appreciate that. So you talked about food a little bit, but tell us a little bit more about some of the key changes or mindset shifts that you've made in your life to get you to where you are today. The biggest thing, as I look back on my seven, eight year journey in personal development, the biggest thing I can say had the largest effect was changing my self-image. And this is really the basis of the work I do with superhuman and how I've seen transformation happen a lot faster um, than ever before. You know, obviously years and years ago, I wasn't using superhuman because it wasn't, it didn't exist yet. And I had experienced slow transformation and change. And the first five, six years um, of my personal growth journey happened slowly. And then it started happening faster and faster. The more that I tweaked what I learned and really started doing it as a method. Um, and I will say that what I have found works the best for not just me, but for anyone is simply this, you need to change your self image to match 
the type of self-image the person you want to be has. So just to explain that a bit more simply, you need to become the kind of person that has what you want. And you need to embody that that identity, that self-image now before the physical reality occurs. And that's how you get there effortlessly. It's not that effortless to change your self-image, but once your self-image is changed, it is effortless success. Things happen to you effortlessly. And I really think this is, the key to it all. You can't change your life until you change your identity. You can't change your life until you change your self-image. You can't change your life until you change your energy. And and you start effortlessly acting on these things if you change how you see yourself. Um, I personally have trained myself to start seeing myself as someone that effortlessly feels good in her body and she's confident and happy and you know she just loves herself I see myself as someone that makes a certain amount of money a year and my standard is that so even if there is a big bill to pay like launching a new custom app I figure out a way to make money to maintain my standard of income um you know I I have a standard with that I have a belief about myself that I'm the kind of person that makes x amount a year um you know I'm the kind of boss that you know make people feel very good working for me and I have a very good relationship with the people that work for me I have a beautiful romantic relationship you know relationship with my friends and family I I see myself as the kind of person that has these things and naturally everything starts to align with that in my life. And, um, with every example, you know, it's, it's that, and the way to change your self image, I think it can be a lot more simple than everyone thinks. Cause it seems like a very big feat. You know, I need to change my self image today. It's like, it seems like a really big, big, hard thing to do. And it can be, but I will say the easiest way that I have found to do this is through, uh, these superhuman meditations, honestly. And, and, even if you don't use superhuman, just, you know, record yourself talking about what you want and put cool music behind it and just listen to it. Um, but I honestly, I, you know, we upload a new meditation every single day of the week. I feel like superhuman is um, definitely the best toolkit for that. And um, it's, it's changing your mind while you're doing everyday activities. The big difference between superhuman and other meditation apps out there um, is that superhuman is designed to do with your eyes open. We have 15, 16 different categories of meditations from cleaning meditations to workout meditations, to getting ready in the morning to seated. And they're all energizing and feel good. And they have a very uh, self image transformation visualization approach um, to each and every one of them. So that's how I have found helps the most. And you can kind of compare this to the Pavlov dog theory where, you know, Pavlov rings the bell and the dog salivates. And that is pretty much the same kind of science that we use here at superhuman. You know, if you train your mind to feel and think and believe in a certain way, when you're doing these everyday activities soon enough, you don't even need to be listening to it to feel that way. So that's really just like the basis of the work that we're doing. And it's very specific. It's not like any other meditation, um, you know, on the market, we're actually in the process of patenting the method. Um, it's, it's super cool. So that's honestly what I would say. And then the other thing is journaling, you know, anyone can journal and do it. You need clarity to get what you want in life. And, um, that's one of the biggest things that hold people back is not even knowing what you want. How do you get there? If you don't even know when you're not specific. So journaling was a massive part of my journey as well. The thing I love most about your meditations is the visual. Wow, I can't talk. The visualization <laughs> aspect of it. 
I think it's so different than anything else out there, like you mentioned. And can you talk a little bit about what visual? Wow, why am I struggling with this word? Visualization it's okay. is. Make it your self-image <laughs> that you say the word visualization well. <laughs> I know. Um, talk a little bit about what that is, and you know, in your meditations, you also talk about not just seeing it in your mind, but feeling it in your body. So can you dive in a little bit on what that actually means and how we can get there? Yeah, I I really was trying to figure out a way to verbalize how to do this work. And what I came up with was the description of visualize it with your body. And I had never heard that said before. And it, it, for me, at least, is a very clear representation of how to actually do this. And a lot of the meditations I get you just to feel what it feels like physically to be in that future self energy. And, um, it's, it's really a physical response. It's not just thinking about what could happen in your future. It's feeling what could happen in your future, what will happen, what is happening. And that is the most powerful tool to all of this. So just for anyone listening that finds this maybe a bit confusing, just know it's very simple and it's not hard and there's no wrong way to do it. All you need to do is is feel with your body what it would feel like to be abundant, to be healthy, to be confident, to be in love with life, whatever you want. Make your unique frequency from all of those beautiful emotions that you want and then just tune into that with your body. And it's so much more simple than anyone can think. Like I, I have people sometimes ask me, you know, I don't think I'm doing it right. Um, what do I do? And, and you just have to literally imagine yourself in that situation and just feel the physical sensation and just trust that that's how you would feel and just like act with your body. Like, you know how they say acting as if, okay, feel as if. So it's, it's so everyone can do it. It's so much more simple than you think. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about meditation too. Um, do you, what's your advice for someone that maybe is new to meditation or doesn't really love meditating? What tips could you share with them? Well, first of all, I was that person, you know, years ago saying, I'm just not the kind of person that can meditate. And I didn't really want to call superhuman meditations when we first launched, but we needed to come up with a word that people would understand. That's how different superhuman is. It almost wasn't even called meditation. And I like to say that superhuman is meditation app for people that quote, don't like to meditate. And the reason is it really hits all those um, pain points that one would have so many of us have downloaded meditation apps and even paid for them and just never use them. And then they just sit there and you're just wasting money. And it's just one extra annoying thing to add to your to-do list every day to meditate. And it becomes a chore. And that's the opposite of what superhuman is. Superhuman, you can just listen to these feel good, energizing, positive affirmation tracks when you're getting ready in the morning, when you're chilling at home, when you're cooking dinner, you know, we have so much different music on there too. One of my new favorites is like listening to a jazz chillin' meditation or cooking meditation when I'm making dinner or driving or, you know, whatever it is that I'm already doing, you just have to swap what you're listening to. So make it really easy for yourself. You don't need to, you know, sit down and say to yourself, I'm going to do a 30 minute meditation every morning and evening, and I'm going to radically change my life. Like, great if you want to do that, but that's not realistic for me. And on my journey, that's not how I've created massive success in my life. I really have not meditated sitting down twice a day for 30 minutes ever that often, like only if there's like a huge thing happening in my life and I need it. But, um, but yeah, you know, you can just weave it into your day and it's not hard to do. It's, it's really just simple and it feels good to do as well. It's 
people get addicted to them and it's because it's not thinking about nothing. It's not overly spiritual and woo woo. And that's, I I'm totally cool with meditations that are, and I am spiritual myself and I enjoy doing those sometimes, but I wanted to create a product that wasn't that for the majority of the world that didn't align with that. I wanted something that was just like, feel good, kind of like functional audio that you can listen to at any time of the day. And that's where superhuman you know, came from. And it really came from the need that I had back in the day when I learned all the benefits from meditation and visualization. And I didn't understand like, where can I visualize if it's not during meditation? Cause I really want to visualize and I know it's important. And I'm hearing all these, you know, research studies about how it helps you, but I just don't like to meditate. So what do I do? And I, so I started recording pep talks to myself on my phone. And, um, that was kind of the beginning of superhuman. It's honestly more like imagination than meditation. So if that word just doesn't work for you, just, you know, giving yourself time to sit there and imagine like what your future would look like, what you would feel like. Um, And yeah, if you're listening to this and you've never tried superhuman, it's so great because there are so many different categories. It's not just sitting there being still being quiet. Like, like Mimi said, it's while you're cooking, while you're getting ready, while you're cleaning, there's so many different categories that can work for whatever you have going on in your life. So I, I think it's just, it's amazing. And it's honestly, like I said, so different than anything else out there. Could you share a little bit of advice for our listeners that might be starting out on their own entrepreneurial journey? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. It can be really hard and confusing at first. And I literally remember so clearly a time, um, before I even knew what I wanted to do with my life, but I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur and do my own thing and, you know, create something that had never been done before. I remember working one summer before I moved to London at a restaurant bar type of pub thing. And, um, when, whenever there were no customers, I would write on like the receipt paper, like the ideas that I had, um, for potential businesses. And that's where I came up with like the online magazine idea. And I started sketching this website on these like receipt papers and, oh my gosh, I wish I still had those papers. I feel like they're probably somewhere in my mom's basement, but um, it really, you have to romanticize the beginning phases of it because it can be really hard. I think what I did really well at that time was just believe in myself fully and romanticize it. You know, little things like I did keep those receipt papers there somewhere, you know, well, I wouldn't have kept those if I didn't believe that one day I would want to look back on them and see how far I've come. So you really just need to, just fully be in that energy of, I know it's happening. I am patient and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get there, but you just have to know it's going to happen. You have to expect it. So before anything, start working on, do I already expect it to happen? And what, what do I need to do to get into that expecting energy to get there? Right? Like that's really the biggest thing you need to expect it. You need to just be in that energy. This is inevitable for me. And I had that and I worked on that. It didn't come naturally to me. I really worked on that and I had it and it worked. And that's how I know, um, to, to be successful. But I think bringing it back to kind of the beginning phases of entrepreneurship, I would really say, get clear and, um, don't be frozen by inaction and a lack of clarity. If you don't know what you want to do find out what the closest thing that you think it is and um, is, and then move towards that and then pivot when you start deciding differently. I am very far from that first business idea, but I started and that brought me to places that, that taught me the next road and the next journey that I, I had to go down. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think the hard thing for me has been having that big picture idea, but then also not forgetting about the steps to get there. You know, like so many of us just think big picture and then it's like, okay, wait, let's, let's, you know, dial it back. Let's look at the little steps to get there. Let's start, you know, from, you know, being in that mindset of expecting this big thing to happen. Yeah. And then also not being married to it because I have been, I've had so many failures in different businesses. And like in that moment, I'm like, I'm expecting this big thing to happen. But at the end of the day, all I was really expecting was to start earning a certain amount of money and feeling fulfilled. So I kind of allowed the pivoting to occur. I allowed the, you know, change in direction when it had to, but, you know, I, I think when you really understand that it will take work and just like have this energy of like, I'm going to go all in for the next five years. And then I'm going to be able to relax, you know, for the rest of my life in the next 10 years, whatever it is for you. Um, you just, you, you understand that part that the hustle and like the, the intensity of the journey is just part of it. Um, for me personally, I keep telling myself like, okay, like five years of just like intensity, I'm very all or nothing though. So this might not work for some people. Um, and then I can just like, you know, chill for another five years and, you know, settle down and do my own thing and, you know, buy a cabin in the woods and paint and have babies. Like, I, I just know that the next five years, I just really want to go all in and, um, or whatever it is, five to 10 years. So yeah, I think it's, it's knowing that and just preparing yourself for it and just taking action, taking action, whatever it is, just moving forward in any way. I like what you said about um, leaving space for, you know, things to change. Like you can have that big picture goal, but then also making sure that you're not married to it and yeah. allowing freedom for things to come in, you know, unexpected yeah. things that might even be better than what you had thought. Totally. So many of those big failures I had in my, um, you know, a couple of years ago, in my earlier 20s were just, it, it seemed like the world to me at the time. And then now and I, when they failed, I quickly realized that I actually could do something else. But now I look back and I'm so grateful that those things didn't happen because what I'm doing now is better than any of that combined. Um, so yeah, you just kind of trust it. Like you got, you just got to trust yourself, trust the universe, whatever makes you feel really content and satisfied and have this deep connection with your future self too. Throughout my journey, many times I've consulted in her, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll write to her in my journal and I'm like, okay, what do I do? How does it feel being there? And I'm, I'm very connected. I understand and know exactly what it's like to be her. And I already feel like I'm feeling like I'm her now, you know, I'm living it. And when I don't feel like I'm there, I just kind of get into that state and that energy and it comes back and things flow so much better. And um, yeah, it's really just about who you th think you are at the core because you are already your future self. You're already a version of her. You're already a version of your future self. You're just a younger version of her. So feel less and less of that separation, um, I would say to a lot of people, because I struggled with that. I felt very separated and I felt very much so like, I'll be happy when at the beginning of my journey. And, um, the, the more that I just take away that separation, the faster things happen, it seems. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go back on something you said about romanticizing your life. Can you talk a little bit about what that actually means? Yeah. So romanticizing your life essentially means that you are 
like deeply feeling alive and noticing the beautiful little things in your life. That's my uh, definition of it, at least. So for example, if you are walking to work in the morning, you know, you could either be listening to the news or a podcast or some random music and just like huffing and puffing your way to work and like forgetting that 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 walk even happened or you could put on a walking meditation and or even listen to just classical music it doesn't even have to be a meditation you can just or even not even have headphones in at all you can just be listening to nothing and move with intention and feel the moment and look around you and look at people's faces and smile at someone and feel the ground beneath your feet and like walk like you're in a movie and feel like that energy of of wow, the world is a magical, beautiful place. Notice the plants around you, the trees and, you know, the dog walking next to you and pet the dog. Like just romanticize it. Like, you know, that feeling of when you're in the back of the car and there's your favorite song playing and it's the bridge and the windows open and your head's out the window and you're just like feeling like you're in a movie. That's literally romanticizing life. And Mm -hmm. um, the more you do that, the more alive you feel. And I believe that the more alive you feel, the less numb you feel and the less, the less things that you do that make you feel numb, the better. So you're not romanticizing life when you're binging on social media, you're not romanticizing life when you're um, feeling really negative and overeating or, you know, getting, I don't know, passive aggressive with your partner or like whatever it is. I really believe that all these negative things that we do are linked to just not feeling alive enough and not romanticizing life enough um, and just not being happy. So yeah, it's really just, it's a mindset and just a a switch that you can flip, like romanticize it all, romanticize, you know, even if you're not in your dream home, romanticize how, you know, your clothes look sitting in your closet, like just like treat things well, even if it's not exactly where you want to be. You know, when you're cleaning your place, like respect everything and um, how, when you're having conversations, like how would it feel to have like a very present conversation and romanticize that conversation? Yeah. I love that. Also, you can pick a movie character that you really connect with. Like the other day, it's actually starting to feel like fall here in Nashville. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go with Meg Ryan from You've Got Mail and we're just going to have that moment out here. The leaves are changing. It's beautiful. <laughs> I love um, that totally. Yeah. I know it's it's a it's a good uh it's a good little tool. So thank you for sharing a little bit about that. Um all right, final two questions. They're quick. What is a mantra or affirmation that you're living by right now? Ooh. Um okay, my 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 usual one is you're exactly where you need to be. Like I'm exactly where I need to be. So when I'm stressing out about something, when I'm feeling anxious, when I'm like, why hasn't it happened yet? I like to remember that. I'm exactly where I need to be to have everything that I want to happen come true. Um, So that's a really, really good one. And then also everything happens for a reason. I know it's one that's overused a lot, but I just like really trust the universe at the moment. And when things kind of take a new direction or, you know, something happens, I just have this like deep faith that it's all happening for a reason. Um, So I really like those. Yeah. Those are two of my favorite too. Um, all right. Last thing, where can our listeners find you? Yeah. Um, well, superhuman is where you'll hear my voice the most. Um, 
that's just on the app store, Superhuman Meditations. And uh, there's a 14-day free trial and a money-back guarantee. Um, so go check it out. And then if you want to connect on social media, my Instagram's at Mimi Bouchard. And I have a podcast called Mimi. And um, that's pretty much it. Awesome. Well, Mimi, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. And I know our listeners are just going to love this conversation as much as I did. Thank you so much, Ali. I really appreciate it.